members of the PHFFL, Commish Conlon here, coming at you again Thursday night on another episode of the Race 3 Podcast. You know what? I'm pumped up. I got a guest with me. Despite him being, I'd have to say, for sure, my number one rival in this league, um, beyond pleased to welcome Ben, the stat man, Nielsen, the owner and GM of the OBJYN. Ben, how we doing? Doing good. You know, the OBJYN streaking. We're looking for another championship. Going fucking streaking. I love it. And, you know, I got to mention, so last time you've been on the show, one other time the co-host. I'm trying to think if when we got down in the playoffs there was a maybe a little uh, – Excerpt two, where we covered the championship game, I guess. So this would be your third appearance on here, but so. the first time actually in the flesh. Now yeah, talks about yeah. Now that I'm back in the uh, Des Moines Metro, I'm thrilled to, to be here in person. Hell yeah! How's it feel? I've had to ask all the second timers. How's it feel? How's how's the experience from the first time going into it, the first time compared to your second time at it? You know, the first time I was sitting down there in my basement with like my iPod phones in, and I'm like, oh, I got my tablet there. I'm looking at Twitter trying to find some. Some little nuggets to bring up. But, you you know, found this, plenty of fucking nuggets to bring up <laughs> that time. This time I'm going a little bit more off the cuff. We'll All see right. how it goes. And, All right. That makes two of us. And honestly, I will admit, um, NFL current events this week, I may be a little out of tune for whatever reason this week. I just haven't seen a whole lot of it. But I do know I've gotten plenty of uh, – enough people were so kind and grateful to let me know Antonio Brown had a fake uh, COVID vaccination card. So I got plenty of memes and shit sent to me about that. Yeah, so. I did see that, and I saw the Niner – or the Bucks issue. Yeah, they already – They statement that they, they said it was legit. So we'll see if anything yeah. comes out or not. So with that, I, mean, I think it's time to practice tradition, crack some cold ones, and say, fuck the Tampa Bay Times Tribune. <laughs> Ooh, well, that was two good cracking sounds. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I guess I got to say, I got a Guinness here, so I'm not wetting the whistle instantly. I'm taking it from the can, <laughs> putting it in my nice Guinness glass, get some head. I wonder if the old uh, Nitro Ball audio would have made it through. Um, ben, you want to tell the listeners what you're wetting the old whistle with? We're having a new Belgian accumulation. Nice little festive winter beer. All right. Is that so, it? Is that like will you go get yourself a six pack of that when you want oh yeah. to jingle all the way? Oh yeah. Well, well, <laughs> uh, turn on the Hallmark Channel and just you know, there you there you go. My best life. Um, that way, yeah. The Arnold Schwarzenegger one. That was your that was your uh, movie of choice, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. All right. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure it'll be on here soon. All right, that's good. And then I know this is going to come off um, as unbelievable, but we do have a thing to celebrate. So I like to come in here, look at stats. Get, get all the stats. It's hard to believe. So last week I was on here. I was giving all the Espanol. I was talking, telling how to make tacos. We've got a new geo added to the board. So I think I targeted that segment. We got Mexico here. And I know what the first thoughts are. Is Commissioner Conlon, you just listened to your own podcast down in Mexico to grab Mexico. No, I promise you this was not until this last week or it's like, oh, hey, you were probably just drunk telling all the locals down there, pushing your pod- pedal in your podcast. But no, we got Mexico. So on that, I got to wet the whistle. Should be having a fucking Corona, not a Guinness, but that's all right. We'll yeah, celebrate you, it. You got any Irish uh, listeners out there? Uh, no, not yet. But we're, you know what? <laughs> if I talk about enough about it tonight, yeah. maybe we'll get them. Uh, so I guess to all of our south of the border compadres, hola, como estas? We're going to have a muy bien show for you all tonight. <laughs> So with that, Ben, I don't know if you showed up on a good night or a bad night. There's a chance that 
you're sitting in that chair for a while. So there's no yeah. shortage of shit going on in the PHFFL this week that has to be covered. That's that's always a good thing. We love to see, you know, the active ownership, a lot of moves being made and people trying to, you know, get that next championship. I'm not going to lie. When I when I see all the moves getting made, it makes me proud. We definitely got a strong lead and an active lead, and that's what we like to see. So I think that's what we're going to do. I'm going to quit fucking running my mouth, and we're just going to get right into transaction corner then. I don't even know. We'll start with all the trades that took place last Thursday. Then we'll decide if we want to rip roar through any of the waiver wire pickups today or not. I think to do that, what I'm actually going to do, just because if I don't do this, I can guarantee you I will forget the draft equity that was involved with this. So we can just come in here and the first one. So this actually works out perfect. So you were involved in this one. So we had... Yourself, the OBJYN, and somebody call the Dactor. And this trade, so you traded away Allen Robinson, A Rob's had a tough year. You got, got him off the books. Miles Gaskin, you got him off the books. And you've got back a stud, a just a premier dynasty wide receiver, DK Metcalf. And then you also shipped over. A first round draft back for you in 2022. Is that that sum it up? That sound about correct? That, that is it. You know, I'm pretty disappointed in how Allen Robinson's been playing this season. You know, I think he needs a change of scenery. Hopefully that comes yeah. this offseason because I think he's playing on the franchise tag this year. Yeah, correct. Yep, so, you're correct. Um, you know, I think he needs a good quarterback. He's only ever played with Blake Bortles and then whoever the Bears throw out there. So, yeah, um, then, you know. And then I think, you know, Miles Gaskin, he was he was a good filler for me, but, I, you know, really didn't need him anymore. Hopefully, you know, Saquon can stay healthy and Aaron Jones can stay healthy. And, yeah. Um, got myself, you know, an every week starter that I can roll out there at receiver. Yeah, DK Metcalf is a beast. And from what I was kind of hearing from the rumor mill, there was quite a people that were at, quite a few people that were after him. So you should feel good about landing them for sure. Um, all in all, this trade to me signals a couple things. You know, Harv won first things first. I love we we got a new team name. I'm I'm a little disappointed. Girlie's gone wild was pretty easy to uh play off of in the fast three minutes, but somebody called Dactor. I like it. You're committing to the franchise piece there in Dak Prescott. I think this is a pretty clear signal that, you know, Harv, he looked he sees he's at the bottom of the standings and he says, you know what, fuck it. To your point, yeah, maybe Allen Robinson gets out of his situation with the Bears. Guy's definitely talented. I would say somebody called the Dactor and Harv can roll that dice and hope, hey, maybe I land that, and hopefully I can get some draft equity out of there. So that was just one of what ended up being, I think, ultimately two trades then, that process with somebody called the Dactor. Um, I guess if you had to give a trade, it's tough for you. You were, you were in it. Well, how, how would you grade that out, and who would you grade as a winner? You know, I'd like to think, you know, I myself won, but I think, you know, there's more to come to that story just yeah. with, you know, the draft equity involved, you know, Allen Robinson's only, you know, not even 30 yet by any means. So Which is wild. Got a lot of, uh, of, you know, career ahead of him and Miles Gaskin's still young and, you know, get some catches down there in that Dolphins offense when they're rolling. So, um, you know, I think we both got, got pretty good value out of the trade. Yep, for, for sure. I mean, I agree with that. It will come to a where where's a Rob end up next year, and ultimately, what does Harv do with his draft equity if he decides to draft a stud? If he's able to draft a stud, you know, Harv's usually pretty known for doing a quick thirty second Google search when he's on the <laughs> clock. So we'll see what he can do with that draft equity. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to that. But I'm a 
Sucker for DK Metcalf. I think he's a stud. He's just kind of cool to watch on the field, I guess. He's a monster. Um, so I'm a big fan of that. So I'll go ahead and put the W in your court on that. And so next one, we'll boogie on. It will be, once again, Harv and somebody called the Dactor. And then the Tomcat. So these two guys working together, probably riding the truck, just talking shit. A little birdie told me that Harv, that he had reached out to get um, – he realized he couldn't manage his old his own team right now. That he was in over his head, so he went out to get himself a consultant of mm. sorts. And that consultant just happened to be the man he traded with here with Tommy B. The Tomcats. Where <laughs> Tommy B. told me he said, "R, if you got to rebuild, this is what you got to do." So we'll have to look at this. Look at this one with a little more scrutiny. Figure out what happened. Um, the Tomcats and this one is an oof. This one is a kick below the belt. I'd have to imagine Tomcats unloads Robert Woods. And let's see what else we had here. Um, I think that's it. Somebody called Dr. Traded George Kittle to him then that way. And then Antonio Gibson sent back. And the only other thing we got going here is a 2022 second round pick to somebody called the doctor. So if I'm saying this right and I'm reading this right, looks like we just shipped over Robert Woods to get George Kittle and Antonio Gibson back in return. Um, I don't know if, Tomcats at inside details, and then because you know the next day Robert <laughs> Woods comes out ACL out for the year. That had to be a real kick in the dick to Harv. I'd have to imagine. Yeah, you know, I, you know Robert Woods is a, is a tricky one for me. You know, he seemed like he was the guy in there in LA for a while. Yeah, for sure. Cups really just exploded onto the scene. So I don't really know what his future looks like. I know for receivers, those ACL injuries can be pretty tough to come back from. So that's got to really sting for for hard there but um you know i kittle you know kittle's obviously been injured quite a bit too gibson's yeah. you know kind of got a nagging i think calf or yeah something going on I so think a stress fracture in his shin bone yeah, or some yeah. shit like that is what it is yeah so a lot, a lot of injuries involved there you know i don't know yeah. that you know any of those guys really move the needle enough for either of these two teams you know maybe kittle and gibson kind of get you know tom over the hump this year and into the playoffs but Remains to be seen. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, obviously the clear-cut winner for this year when you uh, – the people you acquire the next day blow out their ACL. I mean, that's rough. That's tough. Um, overall, interesting, interesting trade here. Yeah, it'll just de- depend on the health, I guess, of all three of these people as you laid out. So, overall, just another trade. Um, I think the Tomcats, though, I mean, obviously hindsight, Robert Woods is gone. I think they got the better of this one. It's just – Got put a little question mark in times like, you know, why couldn't I have been the consultant on that? I would have gladly <laughs> consulted Harv what to do with the squad. So that wouldn't have been a problem. I mean, hell, I at least got a more recent title than Tom has, Harv. Next time, reach out to me. I'll take <laughs> care of you. And, fuck, it didn't end there. Um, okay, this, this is why, why, why I was confused. So I have this in here twice. That is confusing. So what actually did happen, the Tomcat shipped over a 2022 first rounder. So that squares things up a little bit more, and that makes more sense in my head now. Yeah, so. yeah, I think value-wise, that's probably about right. You know, had Robert Woods not torn his ACL, but yeah, um, yeah, you know, for this year, obviously, I think Tom's a big winner there. Oh, no, I'm highlighting the wrong things. We'll spreadsheet it up later here. So now I think that just rounds us out. Then is that really true? We only have one more between Jerry's kids and the Jameis Winston Revenge Tour. Um, no, it looks like there's another one in there. So that's what we'll get into here. 
Um, so let, let's go ahead and let's do the sinners like me trade versus the dirty van super punters. And I'm pretty sure this one was no draft equity, but there's a lot of fucking moving parts oh, in this too. one. So I'll try to recap this one. Sinners like me, they go ahead, trade David Njoku, the one time, um, I guess I would say, lustrous tight end coming out of college, first round draft pick that's never really panned out. Darnell Mooney, the wide receiver of the Bears, he unloads Mooney. He's seen enough there. J.D. McKissick, the, I guess I'd call the scat back there in Washington, catches passes. And then a prize possession in Dynasty Leagues with the second year, the rookie of the year for the Powerhouse Fantasy Football League, Justin Jefferson. So if you're following there, David Njoku, Darnell, Darnell Mooney, J.D. McKissick, Justin Jefferson, all packaged up, all get shipped out to the Dirty Band Super Fun Punters for Noah Fant, and Tyreek the Freak Hill. So no shortage of big names there either. Um, ben, I'm just going to keep putting you on the spot and let you give me your first initial thoughts of this trade. Um, just initial gut reactions when you look at this. You know, it, it, it's, it's a pretty balanced trade. You know, obviously Justin Jefferson, Tyreek are the big names there. Um, you know, the other guys involved, I don't think really, you know, move the needle for either of these teams too yeah, much, I, you know. And Joku is probably not going to be a guy you're starting ever. Um, you know, Mooney's interesting because, you know, if Allen Robinson walks this offseason, you know, he might be the alpha guy there in Chicago. He yeah. plays for probably the worst offense in the league. Yeah. Um, McKissick, he's a guy that you hope you don't have to start. But, you know, in a PPR league, if you do it, start him. Um, you know, he's a viable starter most weeks. Um, and then, you know, Noah Fant, obviously big Noah Fant fan being from – yeah. Iowa, but you know he just hasn't really quite panned out. I think you know grown the, this year the way people thought he might. No, I mean uh, that's a great breakdown. I agree with you. I think at least for the most part, in my eyes. I guess I shouldn't say that. They could be usable pieces, but yeah. If I if I had to trim the fat on this trade, to me, it kind of just boils down to Justin Jefferson for Tyreek Hill and Noah Fant. Deal is what we got here. Um, Justin Jefferson obviously is younger than Tyree Kill. So, I mean, I think it makes sense that you package up a little something more. No offense. I do think no offense, a usable piece probably for Dan in his tight end situation he has with Gronk being out. Um, net, net. I mean, I think this is a pretty good trade. Only thing with Tyree Hill, because I went, I mean, hell, when that auction lead together, I blew my wad to go get Tyreek <laughs> on that. Only thing I'll say I found with him, and I should have known that already going into it, uh, and obviously you can say what you want. The Chiefs offense obviously kind of went through that rut there for a month or whatever. He does seem definitely be more boom bust in nature where he might be wide receiver five at the end of the year, but it doesn't feel like it on a large chunk of the weeks. That's what exactly what I was thinking. So I was actually, you know, discussing a few different different trades with uh, um, Nick on uh, Tyreek, but um, you know, I, I was kind of surprised when I pulled him up. I think he was like wide receiver three on the year or something overall, yeah. which was kind of surprising to me because I think he just had a few like huge games, yeah. and, like, some games where he just kind of gets taken out of the game by the defense. Yeah, shit, we got um, technology. We might as well use it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you throw up 37 points and 47 points right. in a week. That's going to uh, really, really uh, you got, you know, smooth off the six, nine, and yeah. seven point outings we have there. Yeah, Justin Jefferson's definitely more, you know, consistent option, yeah. younger guy. But, um, you know, I think I think they're both, you know, viable, you know, yeah. wide receiver ones in a in a fantasy league and especially in a dynasty league. For, for sure, agree with that. And I guess I shouldn't give him too much grief for 
consistency because I guess every wide receiver is going to have those weeks where they're just not getting the looks, not getting targets, or just getting, mm-hmm. you know, they're either a little bit easier in my mind to scheme out of a game than let's say a halfback that, you know, you just kind of turn around and hand them the ball. There's not a whole lot they can do. At least they're getting their touches at the very least. So, all right, we'll move on. One more trade. We've got the Jerry's kids here and Jameis Winston revenge tour. And there was draft equity involved in this one. What ultimately happens in this one is Malcolm Daddy ships off a boy it's back to the Jerry's kids. So we got Mari Cooper shipping off. We have Justin Field shipping off here. Malcolm Daddy's first round pick. He packages that all up. He's seen enough of his quarterback situation thus far this year. He gets in return. He gets Lamar Jackson. And to get a cowboy, Chad gives away a cowboy and Michael Gallup. Um my first thoughts on this, I guess I'll take you off the hot seat here for once, give just some rigid, my, my thoughts here. I think at least for Mouth Day standpoint, and really both teams' standpoint, Chad, you know, he's got Burrow now on the bench. He's already done away with your boy Rodgers this year. He's kind of starting to offload some of that quarterback talent that he has stacked up through the years. Uh, for me, I think this is a big, big plus for Mouth Daddy. He has struggled, struggled, struggled to find any consistent quarterback play thus far this year. To me, you're getting a guy with a pretty, pretty high safe floor, I guess I should say, just because of his legs and his ability on the ground. That makes him, I think, in my eye, especially for this year, the winner of this trade, just knowing the woes that he's gone through through the quarterback position, at least for this year, that should definitely help Malcadetti on his playoff march and going into the playoffs. Yeah, I completely agree there. You know, Lamar's a you know top three quarterback, I would argue. You know, he's a former MVP. So yeah. Um, you know, he's got such you know, the minimum eight to ten point floor just from his legs most yeah. weeks, it seems like. So um, you know, Mari Cooper similar to Tyreek, he's kinda be a little bit boomer bust, I would sure. say. It's hard to tell who's gonna get the ball yeah, down there and especially Dallas with offense. cd now and with uh gallup back at mm-hmm. yeah, 14.7 average in 23 points uh ranked 23 excuse me on the year but yeah he has historically even through his whole career you mm-hmm. talk about another guy that opened up big 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 this year at 39 against my buccaneers who's who <laughs> yeah who's counting um yeah he, his whole career he's kind of been a boom guy himself which uh Actually, kind of surprised me when he came out. I kind of thought he would be a consistent, like like Marvin Harrison kind of guy, just the way with the yeah. routes and gets open and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, you know, Justin Fields, you know, I'm a Packers fan, don't love him. So, yeah, uh, you know, as much as I, you know, hope the guy as a person does well in the league, you know, nothing would love. I wouldn't love anything more than seeing him just kind of fail as a bus. Yeah. Uh, um, Dan's you know, not going to like hearing that. <laughs> Michael Gallup's an interesting one. You know, I had him on my team Very until this offseason. So, um, you know, I think. I think he's in the last year of his rookie deal, if I'm not mistaken. So, yep, you're correct. Um, you know, I think he's probably a guy the Cowboys don't have money to re-sign this offseason and could be a you know hot commodity to to a new team that's looking for a new receiver and maybe a better situation for him. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think he is a good wide receiver as well. Um, yeah, I think he finds a good home and becomes more fantasy viable. Next year, for some reason, I have in my head, I don't know what Amari Cooper's contract situation actually is, but I have in my head like they have some flexibility to maybe offload him. So either way, if he, I think he ends up, um, I don't know if he ends up the number one anywhere, but I see him like if he could just be a number two, could be a very super viable number, almost like in my mind have like a, 
you know, I'm a Bucks fan. I always bring back the Bucks. Almost have if I keep getting a situation where there's a Mike Evans and he could be a Chris Godwin esque type player, and an yeah. offense is kind of what I have in my head. Yeah, def- definitely a role he could fulfill. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I mean, all in all, big, big fucking trades. Um, did not expect to see this many pro- uh, process, uh, process. I guess I should say, go through. I'll go back in here. I got to look back through this trade tracker right here at least the deets i have in here some of it seems a little off to me so i'll look at that um but yeah damn you know the trade deadline is tonight i gotta bring that up trade deadline is tonight realistically no one's listening to this tonight so i sent it out on the facebook messenger too so there's no surprises but 2 a.m tonight you guys got a chance sit there crack some cold ones listen to the show just scroll through look at your team find the needs you have and go out there and find someone to wheel and deal it seems like it is the season to wheel and deal um you know we're already 20 minutes into the show and we're not even off of transaction corner i think we'll just say to hell with the waiver wire yeah i think i look week. through didn't see anything you know too, okay too a- a- anything or... to bring up no. um all right so this is what we'll do we will we do have at least one mailbag question we got to get into here uh we had several more actually come in i think we'll save a couple of them for Next week, we'll go ahead and we'll get into the mail bag. Into the mail bag. And, you know, Ben just telling me here, and I guess to give you guys an update, kind of where we are in the night. So it is just over halfway through. Did he miss it? Okay. (laughs) We're halfway through the first quarter of Thursday night football. And Ben's sitting here cheering for his boy. Nick Folk, apparently he's a big Nick Folk fan when it comes to fantasy football. Yeah, he was uh, available in all three of my fantasy leagues at one point. So, you know, I think he was the number one kicker at the time. So, I'm like, you know what? Kickers are a crapshoot. Let's just pick one and ride him. He's your boy, baby. Yeah. He just knocked in three. Patriots are up 3-0. So, here we are in the mailbag. Um, we do have questions to go through. I'm going to get through the first one here. Um, more business and housekeeping item. So Mouth Daddy had wrote in and said, hey, Kamish Conlin, what are we doing again schedule-wise for the last three weeks of the season? Sincerely, Mouth Daddy. You know, Mouth Daddy, that's a good question. Is something we should cover. It's hard to believe already that we are going to have then been through 11 weeks after this week. So everyone will have played everyone once. So we try to keep just the competitive balance of the league and not to just have the last three weeks be random on who gets the lucky draw and gets to play hard twice, essentially. We have to balance things out a little bit. So ultimately what we decided on when we were all down here, when we did the old rules meeting before the draft and all the fun, uh, what was decided was the very first week. So I guess ultimately that will put us at week uh, 12 is when this will start. Week 12 will be a in division standings week so what the hell does that mean it means pigskin power will play the pigskin power gridiron gorillas will play gridiron gorillas and we in those respective divisions one will play two three will play four five will play six pretty straightforward on that one yeah all right beautiful then the second week so now i guess we're on week 13 the one that determines who pays for the beer this summer boys it is the cross division the pigskin power Versus the Gridiron, Go Rillas, Showdown, 1 versus 1, 2 v 2, 3 v 3, all the way down, 6 versus 6. This is when all the beer is on the line. Again, how we do that is, 
whichever division comes out on top ends up getting free beer. The losing division has to pay for the beer. Uh, if we split, if it goes 3-3, then I have to pull out my calculator and I have to do some math. And whichever team threw up the most points gets the tiebreaker. And the tiebreaker goes to one of the most points. Uh, also throwing out there, kicking around the idea, I'm thinking to add a little fun into that week. What I might do uh, for anyone that can make it in the surround, surrounding area, might do like a little watch party down here is kind of what I'm thinking. So I've got two TVs down here now. I'd probably pull the other one down from the bedroom and we'd probably get red zone going on the big one, whatever relevant games people want to watch on the two small ones. I'd probably have NFL ticket going on this laptop here, turn this monitor on. I have my Buccaneers going on here so I don't have to bore everyone with my Buccaneers. We can just order some pizza, pigskin power, can talk some shit to the gridiron gorillas. So tentatively, just maybe just earmark it on your calendar whenever that is for that Sunday. People come for new games, 3 o'clock games, whatever they want to do, whatever works. Throwing that out there. Standings week. What do you think about standings week? Are you feeling good gridiron gorillas going to get some vengeance this year? Yeah, I think so. You know, I'm probably stuck playing you again. So, um, you know, it's kind of an annual tradition. It, it feels is. Like anymore, but, um, you know, somebody in our division will get to play hard. So that's yeah. always good. Yeah, it's good for um, them. But, you know, I think, you know, we, we got our asses handed to us in the football field last summer. So oh, God. we're hoping we can win on the virtual field and then uh, have some beer served to us next summer. <sighs> Man, yeah, I'm still – Hope you're wrong and all that. I think I'm still riding high, and I think I speak on behalf of all pigskin power. We're still riding high on that. So that's good. We got two standings week. That knocks that out. So then last week, what was it again? What was it going to be? So I remember this was really the portion I think we voted on. Ultimately, what it's going to come down to is a draft. So we're going to have a draft element of it, where ultimately whoever is the number one seed at that point in time, they get to call their shot first. So they can go out there and they can either decide, hey, I want a lock and a W. I want to play Harv. Or they can go out there. They can look at any other squad. Maybe they have, like, you know, if it was me and Ben is even on the fringe of the playoffs, like if he's sitting there on that sixth seed and if I'm like, you know what, actually I take that back. I'd have to have a first or second round seed locked up. But, you know, I might go try to get you. <laughs> if I look at your competition, try to knock you out. That's the kind of thought they'll have to go into that week. Then second seed will get a go. Third seed will get a go unless obviously someone else already picks them. So that's the way we'll finish it. So that will wrap up the three weeks. Ben, anything I think I, you meant that I missed or I should add? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, that is an interesting strategy, you know, try and knock out whoever's sitting in that, that sixth spot maybe yeah. out of the playoffs and get, you know, a team like Harv or Vitz them up there into the playoffs. Yeah, for that's right. Win, but, that's, I mean, um, you know, yeah. Or, it remains to be seen what people's strategy is. For sure. Or guys out there that I guess have multiple draft equity and they maybe have someone else's draft pick and they just want to ensure, well, might as well try to keep that draft pick as low as I can. They might go out of their way and do that. So it will be interesting to see those strategies and how that is all executed. Um, that's the mailbag. I tell you what, we will throw out one more here. Chadillac, you put in two. I'm going to keep one till next week here, but I figure – this week, when I have a co-host with me, we might as well go ahead and knock through one of these. So, uh, Chadillac, owner and GM of Jerry's Kids, CT himself. He writes and he says, I've been eating a lot of hard salami and cheese on Ritz crackers lately. So, I'm wondering what the best combo for cracker is. Or, what is the meat that you would put on Ritz crackers, especially for holiday gatherings? Sincerely. Chadillac CT, owner and GM, Jerry's Kids. 
Well, fuck, Ben. I don't know if you are like a uh, cheese and cracker connoisseur. If yeah. this is your jam, if you are, I mean, please just take the light here. You know, you know, the, the Ritz crackers is tough because, you know, I think the Ritz crackers really only go with a few certain kind of cheese. You got to have a softer cheese because yeah. the crumbliness of those kind of crackers. Uh-huh. So, this is, yes. Um, you know, with, with a Ritz, I'm usually looking at just your you know, traditional Colby Jack, maybe a little pepper jack, something yeah. like that for the cheese. And then. You really can't go wrong with any of those summer sausages, you know, beef, pork, you name it. We don't know how it's made, but we eat it. That's right. We don't know how it's made. We don't know. want to know how it's made. Yeah, I agree. I think I would have to throw out there pepper jack for sure for me. I'm a big pepper jack guy. Um, you know what? I, I'm fine with a little pepperoni too, you know, just a little pepperoni, a pepper jack, oh, yeah. Ritz crackers. That will be the combo that we go with there. And I tell you what, since we're through there, unless you have any other thoughts on meat and cheese cracker trays no i mean if, if you're going with a hard cracker you're you know your two go-tos in my mind i like a nice smoked gouda uh, or you know there's this cheese you can get at high v or sam's club i think it's a merlot it's almost like it's like a hard almost parmesan looking cheese but it's like a soaked with merlot wine Ooh, I, I was just gonna say the only thing i know about merlot <laughs> is the wine they're so it's got like a purple outside and then it's like a you know pale white interior but very good if anybody is interested wow fuck me so that is some next level <laughs> cheese and meat trays right there um all right you're you've been tasked you're going to a party and they say yo you are on meat and cheese cracker duty are, are you are you making it cutting all that shit up yourself or are you just gonna go buy a pre-assembled tray from and you know, I think stores. I, I'm one of those people I want to get, you know, something unique that maybe people haven't had before. I love it. Um, you know, my last job, we had uh, every every Wednesday would be cheese day and different people would bring in really? different, different type of cheese. So I've had all sorts, you know, ghost pepper, blueberry, Ooh. you name it, all sorts of different cheeses. So Man. Um, you see some different things. All right. Ben, the stat man, Nielsen, has just been rebranded. And I guess this is fitting for the team that he likes. <laughs> ben, I guess we'll just call him the Cheesehead Nielsen. I mean, it makes it's sense. Fitting. It makes sense, and it's fitting. I mean, with that, then, I guess we'll just go ahead and get into the meat of tonight's show. And as always, the meat of tonight's show is brought to you by the premier amateur barbecue team out there on the North Central Iowa, Northwest Iowa, Central Iowa barbecue circuit. And if I had to choose a meat of tonight, what am I going to select? Can't go turkey yet. We're a week too early for turkey. So I'm going to go with, you know what? It is soup season. So I'm going to go ahead and say we're making up some chili. That might be a little out of the meat spectrum, but you know what? I like a chunky chili. So that's what I'm going to go with. And this is how I would make up some chili. This is really going to be pushing my memory bank here to thank. This is what we're going to do. You're going to need a big ass pot for this. Go to the store and get yourself. I'm a fan. Um, tip of the hat, actually. Jakob Meyer, Oscar. I think I kind of picked this up from him. A little blend of some beef and a little blend of some pork sausage. So I'm a fan of going out there getting, I don't know, I like still primarily beef. So I'll go out there and say I'll get two and a half pounds of ground beef. Um, you can go ahead and just get the fatty stuff there. Get your 80% beef there. And then maybe get myself a half a pound of some pork sausage, you know, just a little bit of different taste, a little bit of different texture in there. You got to brown that stuff all up. So get that browned up. And then you got to make sure you have the veggies that are going to rock along with this. For me personally, got to get an onion in there. You got to get a bell pepper in there. You got to get the crushed tomatoes out of the can. Got to get that in there. 
Got to get some jalapenos chopped up, get that all in there. So you got that off on the side. On the big pot, I think you start with just like a big old jug of beef broth. So you get that going. Then you got to get some chili powder, a bunch of chili powder. Got to get some cumin going in there. Get that all dumped in there. Um, get once all the food's cooked up, you get the beef in there. You got to get the veggies in there. And then you know what? There's a few secret, secret ingredients that we have to get in there yet. One being chocolate chips. You ever put chocolate chips in your chili? No, I have not. Yeah, you got to put some chocolate chips in your chili. I've heard some people swear by putting a Reese's peanut butter cup in there. I've never done that. But just like a quarter cup of chocolate chips would be good. Get that in there. Just gives it like a, like a I don't know, just a little bit to take off the heat from the jalapeno peppers have you have in there. And oh, I forgot one ingredient. You got to have some bacon in your chili. Maybe get like, a, I don't know quarter pound, half pound of bacon, get that going in there. So you got a three meat chili, you got your beef, you got your pork, you got your bacon. I think that is a pretty good meat of tonight's show. Just make sure you let that shit simmer. And I mean, all, all the flavors, they meld together, they set together overnight. I always think chili's better the next day. Ben, put me on the spot again. How do you craft up or finish up your bowl of chili? So you just got to ladle some nice meaty chili what are the toppings you need to have going? You know, you know, I'm really just I like um, you know some nice cheddar cheese, a little shredded mm-hmm, cheddar mm-hmm. on top, um, Check. and then some uh, crushed red pepper flakes. Ooh, like like all right, never done that. I like um, that. And then you know I just like to have the saltines on the side. I'm not a big uh-huh. pers- not a big fan of putting them on the chili. It gets a little too mushy for okay. me. So all right, that's fair. Um, I'd say you you ace the test. You got all the right answers. One thing I might sub out. I might su- sub out saltines. I'm a big uh, like Fritos, the corn mm-hmm. corn chips. Yeah. I like putting those in there, and I do put mine in. Um, right or wrong, I usually just dive right in so fast on a bowl of chili, and I just like burn the fuck out oh, of the whole yeah. mouth. Every but time. yeah, every, you just can't <laughs> wait. You just go for it. You just gotta go. Um, cinnamon roll with your chili? No cinnamon roll with your chili. I'm not opposed to it, but I typically, you know, don't plan well enough in advance to have cinnamon yeah. rolls ready. I, I'm with you. Not opposed to it, but that's like I'm not like yeah. That's not. It. I'll do. I'll do a slice of you know Texas toast or something. Yeah, I, a while I, I like that. That that sounds like a better company. And again, I'm not opposed to it. I've done it every here and then. But that's it. That is the meat of tonight's show. It's a big old bowl of chili. It's getting cold out there, boys. Go to the store. Make yourself up some chili. Oh, make yourself up a pot of chili for some football this Saturday and Sunday would be my recommendation. Save a little leftover bucks on Monday night football. And with that, it's time to get in the meat of our show tonight. I mean, fuck, listeners are sitting here. They're probably like, haven't we already gotten into the meat tonight? We're already pushing a 37-minute episode. We'll figure this out. We'll bring you the fastest three minutes. Ben's really going to be wondering what the fuck. But we are still going to do, after the rewind, after we do the fastest three minutes, we're still going to do a very quick, we're that time of year. There's a lot going on in the standings. Makes sense to me. I'll give a quick recap of how the games went. And then we will do quick standings update. Then from there, we can do just a quick future forward look ahead. How's that sound to you? Sounds Good. great. All right. Sounds like a plan. Let's go ahead and get into that rewind. Ferkser, I barely know her, would be lucky to Ferkser his own hand with the performance that he put out this week. A terrible first game back from Russell Willie Wilson tells a story for this squad that featured two goose eggs from Hawkinson and Gage. The Tomcats were the lucky ones to play the sexually incapable and could have won just starting Lamb, Adams, and Connor. Tomcats win 115-60. to 60. 
Somebody needs to call the doctor, all right, because the matchup between Hungry, Horny, and Hee Hee Henry, and somebody call the doctor, was more like a painful game of nutball. Harv got the throw first and came up short thanks to 1.4 points from has-been legend A.J. Green and 2.4 from Kenneth Gainwell. After a couple tosses back and forth and a few solid hits in the junk with the tennis ball, Quinn pulled out the softball. Kirk Cousins drops 24, and Hunter Henry shows up with 20. Quinn tosses up a moonshot and lands it right on the Har family jewels, winning this nutball contest 99-89. Now Daddy continues to flex his abilities to pick out a weekly quarterback streamer. This week, going to the Matt Ryan well and getting a very solid 1.85 points, destroying what otherwise was a well-rounded outing from the Jameis Winston Revenge Tour. Just to pour salt on the wound, Ben in the OBJYN pulled out a high-power Pat Mahomes performance, getting 400-plus yards and five tutties, good for 50 points. That 48-point swing on the quarterback line made all the difference in this one. OBJYN gets the crucial W, 138-110. to Sinners like me and the boys of fall went back and forth all weekend, building up the hype for what looked to be a hell of a Monday night finish. It ended up being a hell of a Monday night for Dan and just plain hell for Kamish Conlon as Debo Samuel goes off scoring 30 points through the land and air and Matt Stafford delivers a limp dick 14-point performance. Dan gets the shit talking right as Sinners like me wins big 143 to 118. Alex bleached his bunghole in anticipation of giving Jake and show me where you ship from a good show, but that ended up being wasted money. Despite another good day out of Brown's halfback, Dearness Johnston, it was no match for the 29-point Daryl Williams outing and an epic 24-point Cowboy D outing. Jake drops his drawers, spreads his cheeks, and gave Mac and TDs a long look at his rusty sheriff star, 136 to 109. We will wrap this one up with a real barn burner as both Jerry's Kids and Dirty Man Super Punters barely cracked triple digits. Chad had to be smiling watching his Cowboys D hold Cordero Patterson to 4.9, and that was just the start of bad halfback luck that Nick got this weekend, getting eight and six points from McKissick and Naeem Hines. Jerry's Kids boy Zeke leads the way for 21 points and brings home the uninspiring win for the kids, 111 to 103. All right, that's the fastest three minutes. Everything you need to know about the Week 10 season. I'm pouring another Guinness here. Wet the whistle. Rejuvenate the pipes, the throat box. Finish out the show here. So we added a new segment last week that was supposed to replace the mailbag. And now we got the mailbag. But I think it's important we keep a look at standings. So that's what we'll do right now. We just heard who beat who last week. We'll pull up the standings here. It's that time of year where everyone's jockeying, vying for position, trying to make the playoffs. Um, let's go ahead. You know what? I guess I'll uh, – that's what we'll do. You you can represent Gridiron Gorillas. You can just rip-roar down through their standings. I'll just go ahead and kick it off here with the pigskin power, tell you everything you know. Actually, you know what? Let's do this a little different. Instead of going straight down the standings, we will go to – if I can get to it, we'll go to the projected playoff bracket right now is what we will actually do. And, uh, God, that means it requires me to pull up the real standings. I always have to edit it because it always wants to give uh, the winner of each division the buy. And, obviously, that's not the way we do here. So, we got a plethora of six and four teams here. I'm just trying to figure out who the highest scorer is. It does look like it is indeed. Show me where you ship from. So, this is where we would sit right now today. We would have my squad, the defending champs, the boys of fall, sitting on top at seven and three. Um, coming off a loss, not feeling good about it. 
Then we got at the second seed, we got Jake Myers. Show me where you shit from. You know, the only thing I'm missing looking at this view, I don't get a feel then for uh, the winning streaks or losing streaks. So that's that's yeah. the only problem. But we'll, we'll just move through it. So third seed here, we got another six and four. So this is what we got. We got one, two, three, and four. Four, six, and four teams. So that's the status of things right now. Show me where you ship from. Then it goes to Mount Daddy's, Mount Daddy's Jameis Winston Revenge Tour. Then the Chadillac CTs at number four. Jerry's Kids at six and four. Take the four seed. And then Ben, you'd be sitting right now. Six and four, the OBJYN at the fifth seed. What do you think there? That we'll, we'll put that at the top. That's six and four and up. Any thoughts on those squads or what you see right there going on in those standings? You know, I think people would probably, you know, trying to write me off early in the year. I had a few rough weeks there, thanks to Allen Robinson and a handful of others. But, um, you know, the points four aren't quite where we wanted them to be, so that kind of puts me at the bottom of that six and four bracket. But, um, you know, I think we're, we're feeling good. I got a big – don't want to foreshadow the rest of the show too much, but I got a big matchup with uh, – Chadillac this uh, week. So, that is a uh, big time matchup on this. And both you guys just add in on that. You are, like you said, you've been going streaking so far this year. You're on a three game heater right now. That's got to feel good. Well, Chadillac CT, he's coming up, strapping up, go against the OBJYN. He's got a two game heater going right now, trying to turn his into a three. So that will be an epic showdown to your Yeah. Point. Yeah. It will be. It got a big crucial win over Mouth Daddy last weekend. You know, that was. Big for for the playoff picture, but um, you know there's not not a lot separating those those four teams right now in the six and four bracket. So it'd be interesting to see how these next few weeks play out and be pretty crucial for for every team. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just add that much more um, plot, I guess, into the standings weeks that we have coming up. So that gets us off the six and four hump. So let's go ahead. Then that leaves us with. One more team here that's sneaking into what would currently be the playoff in the promised land in the PHFFL, going after that race to three, trying to get a trophy, trying to get some cashola and put one in the win column form. And that would be Dan Lawfridge's centers like me sitting at a 500 right now at five and five has just made some big trades to try to position himself to further his way up those playoff projected standings. Now, this is where we got to go. We got to go down into the toilet bowl, see what's going on in the toilet bowl. And I tell you what, we had a lot of six and four teams. We have a lot of five and five teams. What's that mean? A lot of teams are just a game in the playoffs and just a game out of the playoffs. So number seven here, we have Tomcats, Tommy B himself sitting at five and five. And that eighth seed right now, we have Hungry, Horny, and he, he, Henry sitting there. And then rounding that out at, Number nine right now, we got Berkshire. I barely know her. Let's go ahead. I'm going to flip back, see what we have in those five and five. Ben, any thoughts on these five and five squads? You know, a c- couple of these stand out to me. You know, you got the Tomcats coming in on a three-game heater yeah. themselves. So, um, you know, I think I like what he's done with the squad there. You got, you got a little bit of unfortunate injury luck um, getting uh, A.J. Dillon into that yeah. one slot for a week or two here. But – um, you know, the rest the rest of his squad, you know, is looking pretty strong and sets up pretty nicely for the rest of the season now that he's got some of his guys healthy. And, um, you know, the, the other team that I think kind of stands out there is, you know, Dan Sinners like me team, you know, like what he's done, picking up Tyree Kill, I think that's big. You know, he's got three legit, you know, wide receiver ones. He's really just got to hope that those two running backs can 
um, you know, kind of put up enough points each week to, to carry him across the finish line there. Yeah, you know, it's a beautiful breakdown. I don't have anything to add. The only thing I will add is pigskin power. We got a lot of red on our streaks up in our lane. The fucking gridiron gorillas have five green win streaks right now, other than old dirty man super funners. He's kind of limping right now, but but we get we're gonna have to change that here in a couple weeks, boys. So let's keep going. That gets us through our five and five. So then we take a step down off of centers like me from the sixth seed. Oh, excuse me. I'm talking out of my ass here. We step down from five and five from Ferkser. I barely know her. Down in the 10th seed where you would argue or I would argue at four and six, you are technically still in this thing right now. You're going to need to play well down the stretch, put together a streak like yourself there. But we got Mac and DD sitting at number 10 at four and six. And then at this point, number 11 and number 12, we got number 11 there at three and seven with Dirty Van Super Punters. Then Harv, we've been talking, or I've been talking a lot of shit about your squad tonight at two and eight, sitting at the 12th seed. Um, unfortunately, you two boys at 11 and 12, I think it's stick a fork in your time. Yeah, it has been probably. I, I think I'd agree with that. It's a little, little tough to come back from that big of a hole at this point in the season, especially with some of the, the different weeks we've got coming up here where people can kind of pick who they play one week yeah. and playing other people in the other divisions and things. But, um, yeah, you know, Vitz sitting at four and six, you know, looking at his roster. I mean, he's starting my grandpa at running back, Adrian Peterson. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, I got old AP. I love it. That tight end spot. If, my, if I was starting Austin Hooper, I'd be probably you know having a lot of sleepless nights myself. So yeah, Jesus. Um, you know, he's got some good some good strengths there in the receiver slots. You know, running back, I think leaves a little to be desired, but um, it's gonna be tough to you know overcome all those five and five and six and four teams at this point. But definitely still in the hunt. Yeah, it will be interesting. I mean, I think that was an excellent breakdown. I think this puts us into a great segue to go ahead and do the look ahead the look ahead you know it's kind of going to be a pain in the ass because we've got a game in motion right now so there's going to be some moving parts but you know what ben and i we are the guys to solve those moving parts uh thursday waiver wire process hopefully we got pretty well set lineups god knows i don't like doing math so what we'll do we'll just keep with the theme maybe we eventually start looking at which ones have the most playoff importance but that's a lot of work so we're just going to stick with the theme of who has the largest spread and work our ways down to the tiniest spread to the nuts hair matchup of the week um we will start then what's that mean we got 23.7 favorite on the team right now that was on that six seed if i'm not mistaken and centers like me going up against the bottom dweller of the league right now and harv Somebody call the doctor. Let's open up this box score. No, I'll pause right there. Harv, if you're listening to this show and you've made it to the show, I've taken some shots at the uh, at you and at your squad tonight. That's what I'll say. I love it. You know, it's got a it's got a makes me a proud commissioner to watch our 12th seed in the league. He's out there. He's wheeling and dealing. Processed two trades this last week. And an updated team name. That's what you love to see. He's playing for the future. You do. You know, when I win the championship this year, you know, he's going to have some really good, you know, draft equity this upcoming offseason to to build a squad for next year. And, you know, maybe he's, you know, back in that playoff picture and taking down the boys to fall himself. Yeah. And from, uh, from, my, uh, from my viewpoint, my stance, 
he wants Robert Woods again that bad, you can just get him in the redraft next year. So that will be great. That will be good. Um, so let's get into this. We got, a, again, 20 – we'll just call it, it a 24-point favorite here in centers like me. We got some live in-game. Old Dan's got Damian Harris. Damian does already have 5.5. We're almost through the second quarter now, a 10-0 ball game there. Um, ben, I mean, I guess – this is how we'll do it. I'll let you take the favorite here in centers like me. Maybe just throw out um, something you like on the squad this week and then maybe throw something out there that you're not so sure of you're a little iffy on. Uh, something I like, you know, this is brand-new player to his team, Tyreek Hill. Um, get one in that it's shootout against Dallas this weekend. Um, oh, yeah. This should be a shootout. So, you know, I think he puts up big numbers. At least I hope he does with uh, Patrick Mahomes on my team. I don't um, you know, I think I've talked to a few people in Kansas City. Sounds like the city's pretty hyped for this game. Tickets are going for pretty crazy prices. So, um, you know, I think Tyreek goes out there and, and takes care of business this weekend. Um, you know, looking at the, the rest of his squad, somebody that maybe might disappoint. Um, you know, you know, Justin Herbert, you know, Pittsburgh's a tough matchup, yeah. um, especially, you know, I think, is he at home or at? Uh, he's at uh, home he's at, at least, home. but you know, being Sunday at night home, football. Being at home as a char- as a Chargers team, you're pretty much away. Oh, yeah, there, especially so. with Pittsburgh, I yeah. imagine. Um, so you know, not, don't, don't love the matchup for him. You know, um, I think he's maybe not using his legs quite as much as he did last year. So I think that's costing him a few points here and there. But um, some of those prime time games tend to be a little bit lower scoring for whatever reason. But um, you know, I think maybe he doesn't quite hit that 25 point projection. All right, I like that. I like that. Some good analysis. Um, I'm going to just piggyback off. I mean, you did the work for me there. You talked about what should be a barn burner, what should be a shootout there down in KC. I imagine it's probably America's game of the week with Patrick Mahomes showing down with now the franchise name of somebody called the Dactor. Dak Prescott, 29.3, putting up a 30-burger. I would say that's probably just about right. He could maybe go just north of that. Someone that I do not think is going to hit their projection. I'm going to go ahead and say it's a guy that you just got rid of and Miles Gaskin. Now going against the Jets, you would like to think that he can go ahead and get himself 16 points. It does kind of look like he's an every other week guy and gets that 16 points. I think he's going to have back-to-back stinkers, and he's not going to get up that 16 points. I'm going to project maybe more around like a 10-point line item for him. Uh, so that's why I got Dak going off. Miles Gaskin, you're just going to kind of kick the dirt on that one. So we're just going to go ahead and say this is a 24-point spread line here. Based on what you see here, Ben, um, PGFFL, they just signed a major deal. People can now bet on our games on DraftKings. Where are you going to put your money? I hear a lot of value on uh, somebody called the Dactor and the 24 points. You know, that's a big <laughs> nice. spread. It is a big um, spread. You've got the Dactor going. Um, you know, you've got, you know, some other weapons there on, on the team, you know, yeah. maybe not quite the matchups you would want this week, but 24 points is a lot to cover in, in fantasy. And, you know, having the little bit of insight we do being into the Thursday night game, you know, maybe Damian yeah. Harris isn't quite do, doing as much as maybe uh, Dan had hoped. So, um, you know, I'm going to take the points on this one. By God, you might want to switch in the sales because I'm sold. Um Maybe Kyler Murray gets under center this week, and maybe he throws that ball and makes Christian Kirk and A.G. Green relevant for somebody called the Dactor. We'll throw that out there, and we'll move on to the next matchup. So if that was that, we got to get a little bit tighter here now. We have a 19-point spread here 
and hungry, horny, and he, he, Henry versus the Jameis Winston Revenge Tour. So the Jameis Winston Revenge Tour years projected 125. Two quinners, 106 points. So we got a 19-point favorite here in Jameis Winston Revenge Tour. I'll go ahead and I'll start this time, and I will take the favorite in Jameis Winston Revenge Tour. What am I going to say? Buffalo, their defense has been good. It's been real good. But you know what? Jonathan Taylor just seems like um, unstoppable at this point in time. 17 and a half. Good projection. Great projection. What's the guy averaging on there, though? I mean, I think he's going north. 21.1 points what he's averaging. You know what? He's on a heater. You take away his two weeks right there. He's been clunking. I think he's the mid-20s. Go ahead and give me JT as a guy that outperforms this week. And then for your stinker on this one, although, man, I could have kept running that narrative. You have a little Michael Gallup action in the flex. I could maybe see that going for him. Uh, but I'm going to go say the stinker this week is going to be, uh, I think he's a good player long-term. I like him. But I'm going to go ahead and say that Rashad Bateman stack this week against the Bears. Bateman's just not going to be that needed. Connection's not going to be there. And Bateman's going to fall short. It's going to have a poor week. No other really thoughts other than that. Ben, you want to go ahead and give, give us some thoughts here on Hungry, Horny, and he, he, Henry. Yeah, let's, let's let's start out, you know, Najee Harris, you know, probably his best player currently with, uh, um, you know, his namesake on IR. Um, I think he's going, I believe the Chargers are like one of the worst, if not the worst, rush defense in the league. Uh, yeah. So, gotta love that matchup if you're, uh, you know, Quinn. Um, I think, you know, Najee Harris, he's catching the balls, he's running the ball. Like he yeah, is, he is. He is the Steelers' offense right now. So, yes, he um, is. You know, I think that that twenty point projection, you know, with his receptions and everything, is probably about right. Um, and I think he does hit that. Maybe even outperforms it a little bit if he can get hit Pater a time or two. Uh, on the flip side, um, you know, at risk of you know not not picking the low hanging fruit and Hunter Henry, who currently has <laughs> yeah. zero. Um, you know, I, better I guy think, than I would be. I'd jump <laughs> right on it. I think you know Adam Thielen. You know, Packers have been yeah. a top three defense this year. We're pretty proud of it. Um, you know, I think Justin Jefferson got the bulk of the targets last week, and they've talked about trying to get him the ball a little bit more. So, um, you know, the Packers I think are trying to slow everybody down. They've hit five unders in a row, I believe. So, may not be the points there to get Thielen um, quite up to that fourteen point one. You know, he might settle more in that like eight to 10 range, um, just depending on how many catches he gets and kind of what the green game script looks like. Damn, Ben, the stat man, Nielsen, pulls it out. I love the analysis on both of those. I do notice as we go through this, Quinn does not have a kicker in. Let's say we adjust that eight points. Our spread was, what, 22? So, or I think it was, yeah, well, now it's projected total here, 22. So we'll just go ahead and we'll adjust that to – I think the line region says 18. So we're going to adjust that to a 10-point spread is what we're actually going to say this game is with Mount Daddy being a 10-point favorite. Um, I'll go first on this one. I am going to go with give me the up top of that lineup, Lamar Jackson, Jonathan Taylor, Dave Montgomery. They're going to be good enough to cover that 10 points and win outright over Hungry, Horny, and E.B. Henry. You know, I like that pick, but 
I do think, you know, looking at the receiver position for Taylor, you know, it gives me a little bit of pause, you know. Yeah. Bateman's got a rough matchup with the Bears. You know, Waddle, who knows who they're going to play quarterback down there in Miami these days. Um, Gallup's fresh off his injury. Um, Good matchup, but um, tough to say what that might look like from a fantasy perspective. Um, I like Quinn's team, I think, to cover the spread in this one. You know, I think – He's got the Kirk Cousins Thielen stack. Tough matchup for him going against my Packers. But, um, you know, I think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot since they'll be down so many points towards the end of the game. Um, and then I do, you know, Najee Harris is going to get his points. So we kind of already touched on that. And then I think, you know, Zach Moss and Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Tough matchup against the Colts. But um, the Bills really need some wins here. And, um, you know, I think this is one of those big games that they kind of step up for. And, you know, maybe some of those guys find the end zone. And, Get him to cover that spread. Slam the money line. I don't know about the money line. Nah. I think I want that ten point cushion. You know, especially with Hunter Henry sitting there at zero. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, and you're you're right with Cooper Cup on the bench on the bye. That is a young looking trio of wide receivers for Mouth Daddy this weekend. Let's get back out here. Let's look at our next matchup here. So another 18-point spread, we'll call it here. Ooh, and you should know everything there is to know about this matchup. So we got you projected to throw up a big, a big projection here. 141 points, let's call it. An 18-point favor. I'm speaking of none other than Ben Nielsen's OBJYN, my co-host of the evening, going up against Chad Lack, CTs, Chad Thompson's himself, Jerry's kids, projected for 122. You know what? How about you go ahead... Maybe I'll make you talk about – no, go ahead. Talk about your own squad. Talk about the favorite. We'll stick with that, and then I'll try to stick up for Chad here and find some reasons for why we could cover. It's fair. Um, so, you know, I think looking at my squad, you know, Patrick Mahomes is an obvious one. Don't don't think I need to touch on him. Like, we've covered that game quite yeah. a bit. You know, expect him to put up the points that he's projected, if not more. Um, you know, I think DK Metcalf, you know, last week didn't have a great week playing against probably the best team in the NFL. Um, so I think this is the week he turns it around division game going against the Cardinals. Um, you yeah. know, Russell Wilson, maybe a little bit closer to hundred percent than he was last yeah, week. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think DK, you know, tears up that 15.7 and puts up, you know, closer to 20 Easy uh, for my like squad it. this week. I like it. Uh, on the flip side, you know, somebody that might disappoint. Um, you know, look, you know, it's, I, to be perfectly honest, I don't know if this will this will shake out come Monday night, but um, I got Saquon spotted there in the the RB one slot. Yeah. Um, hoping he can play. Um, I don't think there's been any indication either way whether he will or won't, but he is you know practicing on a limited basis. But he has a very difficult matchup going against the Bucks, so I think yeah. that 16 points is going to be pretty optimistic and he probably ends up closer to the low double digits maybe even high single digits yeah i love the way you're talking that sounds good don't love it for you i love it for me Um, i do gotta ask while we're on your squad here odell beckham jr released by the browns now in la robert woods we've already touched on obviously out Long-term prospects, I mean, that had to kind of excite you, cheer you up with the chain of events, I guess, that happened. And obviously he was um, not much of a factor this week, right? But he'd only been in L.A. for mm-hmm. a few days. Obviously they'll integrate him in the offense, let him know the playbook. 
that's got me kind of excited. Long-term prospects there for this season, at least, I imagine. Yeah, we had, we had some – he came up in some trade discussions this past past week. Nothing really materialized there, but, mm. um, you know, a much better situation, I think, for him from his fantasy yeah. perspective than Cleveland was and hoping he can maybe get back to some of those New York Giants days. I mean, you deal him, then you got to go on the trade – or the team name market then, I too, do. and got to figure that all out if that happens. Well – Two o'clock tonight, everyone keep your eyes out to see what happens, if anything happens, with Odell Beckham or if he sits there and tries to chase down a second title with the OBJYN. On the flip side, Chad Lack CT, let's see if we can't find some positive things in this for you. There's bound to be plenty of positives in here. And you know what? I'm going to start with, by God, I would be a homer going with that but you know what i'll go with one of your boys you know a guy that we talked about being inconsistent i think we said he was wide receiver like 23 or something like this on this year i'm just gonna steal ben's narrative from the first matchup here give me amari cooper go over that 14.5 i think he hits pay dirt and i think he has about seven for 70 so he gets the 14.5 just in his catches alone hits pay dirt we go about 20 spot here um, and then if I'm going to go someone that underperforms, it doesn't quite get up there. I'm going to have to go with, I mean, talk about, I could really play this here. Tajay Sharp was projected for eight points. He's got a, got a big goose egg on you there right now. Chadillac that, that cannot feel good having to roll that out there. Uh, but you know who I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with, give me, unfortunately, my boy playoff Lenny last week. TB12, he was dumping it down like crazy. There was people opening up deep. I don't know what was going on with that. I think he went back, watched some film. He's going to say, fuck checking it down, playoff Lenny. He's going to be airing it out. Because of that, we're not going to get all the dump off. We're not going to all get passing game works. We're not going to be able to quite achieve that 17.2. With that said, so again, I think we have a 18-point spread on this one. Um, Ben, how would you go ahead? You give your narrative on who's cover if you're covering or chat lacks and we'll keep it close with you. You know, I think we have a little bit of an advantage here. Just picking these during the Thursday night game and seeing that he's got two players going that yeah. aren't probably going to make it quite to their projections unless yeah. the second half turns around. Um, you know, I think you got to take the OBJYN to cover that spread, you know, Patrick Mahomes, great matchup, marquee game. I think he's, you know, kind of found his stride. Um, you know, we're getting some of our guys back and Saquon, um, you know, I think DK has a big week in that division game we kind of touched on. You know, Darren Waller been fairly disappointing outside of week one. Um, you know, maybe this is the week against that Cincinnati team that he kind of turns it around and gets a few more points and carries us to, to cover that spread. All right, I could see that. And Chadillac CT, I wish I could sit up here for you and paint a beautiful rosy picture and paint a narrative that you want to hear. But unfortunately – to Ben's point, we have some advantage seeing some of the points that have already been dropped, but give me that 18-point favorite and give me the OBJYN to cover and obviously then win outright. Let's keep moving on here. So that's 18, and then all of a I guess they don't tighten up too much yet, but they're tightening up some more here. Now we got a 13-point favorite here, and Jakob's show me where you shit from against the Ferkser. I barely know her. 133 to 120 is what this is projected. Open this up here. You know what? I've done a poor job thus far too. keep an eye on the records of these and understanding how much playoff implications are on these. I would argue this one, six and four, five and five, two squads. I guess that one, I was with Jake's in the playoffs. 
Nate's on the fringe of it. I would say this has pretty big playoff impacts here. I'll go ahead. I'll kick us off, and I will start with show me where you shit from. And really, no surprise, this first thing I'll say, we're in action. Kyle Pitts, he only has 1.7 points right now. You know what? I am going to ride that for my low. I know that's kind of a Bush League bullshit move. That's why I tell you, they don't got a whole lot of other weapons there. Even going into it, I would have said, you know, Phil Belichick's probably going to scheme to take mm-hmm. someone out of it. It's probably going to be Kyle Pitts, I guess. I don't think you're really scheming to take Russell Gage out of it. I don't really think you're scheming to take Tajay Sharp out of it. I don't think you're scheming Cordero Passion at play, right? So, like, I don't really, I don't think he's out there playing. So, it's like. Yeah. I, I think Belichick had some comments about Kyle Pitts and okay. just, you know, praising him. So. You know, definitely has his eye on him, and he's known for, you know, trying to take out the opposing team's best player from their game plan. That he is. Um, Then the homer in me wants to just hammer Tom Brady, but historically has been pretty rough against the Giants. Um, For some reason, I mean, shit, just last year, Giants Monday Night Football wasn't very good. I don't know why we have played the Giants always on Monday Night Football. And then, so 30, that's a high projection. I'm not going to ride that train. You know what train I will ride? I rolled the, rode the bounce back train hard last week. I'm pretty sure AJ Brown had a shitty week last week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, 3.3 coming off two shitty weeks. You know what? Going against Houston, he's going to bounce back. He's going to bounce back in a big way. Going way north at 16.5, 20 plus point outing. Go ahead, lock that in, load it. Ben, what's Nate Daddy got to look forward to? And what's just going to leave him just sad in the breast come the end of Sunday and Monday? You know, hopefully for him, Nick Chubb's back this week. Um, probably one of the best matchups you can get coming off of, you know, the injuries or the COVID list. I think that he was on. You get the hapless Detroit Lions defense that you're hopefully going to be up against and running the ball. You know, I, I think he finds pay dirt a couple times. I think he gets well over 100 yards. I think he clears 20 points pretty easily. So um, lock that in. I think 17 is a little low just given the matchup and given the fact that, you know, I think Kareem Hunt's still out in that offense, so he's kind of the guy. Probably just gave Nate Daddy a chub there. <laughs> you better watch it, Nate. <laughs> uh, you know, on the flip side, somebody that maybe might not hit their projection, um, you know, Corey Davis for me, the whole, you know, Jets offense, I think they're starting Joe Flacco this week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. I just don't know what to make of those receivers up there. Um, it's a pretty crowded receiver room with Corey Davis, you know, Denzel Mims, Jameson Crowder, Elijah Moore. There's just a lot of bodies up there. They, you know, hopefully they're checking the ball down to Michael Carter every play. Um, <laughs> see, see, it seemed to have worked a couple yeah. weeks for you. That's yeah, far. I think there was one week you had, what, seven or eight catches? <laughs> yeah, like it was that. So, nuts. Um, you know, hopefully that's that's the case. I don't think Corey Davis hits that 12 unless somehow he finds the end zone and um, you know, that's just going to be a terrible game for the viewers. You know, Jets, <laughs> Jets Dolphins, nobody's watching. That. No, God, no. If that comes on the red zone at all, I'm going to call it and cancel it. Just be done with it. Um, so I'll go ahead. I'll make the pick here first. I mean, honestly, I look top to bottom of Jake's squad here right now. A um, lot of good-looking names. I can make a narrative. I can see a path forward just based off even all of some of the things Ben has said on this show to make the case for Ferkser I barely know where to cover. Uh, but I get hung, hung up on those wide receiver lineups, even in the flex there. Because of that, I'm going to go ahead and give me, even knowing Kyle Pitts is having a slow and it's going to look like he's going to have a slow night, go ahead, give me, show me where you shit from to cover that. What was it, 13 points, Brad, I think we were saying? I think so. Um, you know, I think I'm going to have to go with you on that one. 
Um, the one thing that gives me pause is Daryl Williams in that flex yeah. spot for Jake. So um, I think there's murmurs that Clyde the Glide maybe back this Clyde week. Clyde. Um, you know, they haven't activated him off IR yet, so kind of gonna be a game time decision or you know, maybe like a Saturday decision. But you know, I think if if he doesn't play, you know, I really like Jake's odds. If he does play and Daryl Williams isn't really a usable player this week. I'm not in love with any of the options on your bench. Um, so I think it's, it's going to be a tight game if that's the case. Um, if Clyde's out, I think Jake covers. If not, I think Nate covers. Wow, there you go. I like that analysis. I will say in general, Daryl Williams trying to catch lightning in the bottle two, two, two weeks in a row. I just, I'm not sure I'm really feeling it. I mean, one of his, a lot of his points came from just kind of a chuck up. Just awesome catch on Daryl Williams and then don't don't see that happening again. Interesting to see how this one plays off. Playoff implications on to the next one. All right, we got two more matchups here left, and we've been blessed by the presence of Tucker down here in Tuck's pub. We'll see how he hangs, how vocal he gets here for the crowd. I can guarantee you we're only an hour and ten minutes in. Everyone's still sitting here hanging on every word. They know they got Ben the stat man Nielsen. They want to know. Who's going to win these games? And more importantly, they want to know. We're going to figure out what game we're going to bring, break down for uh, the, the line and over-under on this. Maybe we'll do that Chiefs-Cowboy yeah. Chiefs game. That sounds like it like could be a good one. So we'll go ahead. The next one, we're starting to get into what I would classify the nuts-hairs close matchups of the week. This next one here, team that's near and dear to my heart, the boys of fall. You're a defending champs, boys of fall. Only a three-point favorite. Against the Tomcats, Tommy B, my smoking mate, my barbecue partner, TNT teammate, projected to throw up 141, just a three-point spread. Let's open up the line here and see what we can't figure out. You know what, Ben? I'll let you start, and I'll let you get the Tomcats. And while you do that, I'm going to try to get Tucker up the stairs and hell out of here. All right, you know. Looking at Tom's team, you know, I see a lot of things I just absolutely love, but I think that's because they have GB next to their name. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, probably the best quarterback receiver stack in my mind. Those two guys seem to always hook up. Um, you know, going against the Vikings, you know, I think, you know, with Aaron Jones out, maybe that gets Devontae a few more of those little, you know, screen passes, you know, a few more points here and there. Um, you know, I think he finds Pater. Um, that 21, you know, probably accurate, maybe a point or two low, just given the volume I think he might see. So I think, you know, Devontae's hopefully going to carry your squad this week. Um, this is just two Packer fans just speaking to one another. <laughs> on, the, on, on the flip side, though, you know, A.J. Dillon, you know, as much as I love the guy, Quadzilla himself, um, he is stepping right into that RB1 role up there in Green Bay this week while Aaron Jones is out. 17 seems a little high. Um, you know, I think they maybe modify the game plan to get some of the tight ends and other receivers a little more involved in some of the, the passing game work. Um, you know, I think for him to get 17, he's going to have to get quite a few receptions and find Pater a time or two. So I think that's a little high. I think he settles down more in like the 10 to 12 range at the end of the day. Damn. All right. There you go. That is the breakdown. A plus for a Packer. But he balanced it back out, and he took a Packer down, minus the Packer out. So let's go ahead. I'm going to have to come in here and give you my thoughts for the boys of fall and everything that I'm thinking here. Um, first things first, you know where the plus is going to be on this. It's going to be on 
<laughs> it's going to be on Christian McCaffrey. He's getting back in the swing of things. Has yet. It's been a while anyways. Let's look. When's the last time this man has hit pay dirt? Oh, would you look at that? He's only had one touchdown on the entire year. That changes this year, but he keeps up with those stat lines of getting somewhere in the ballpark of 7-10 catches this week. I mean, a 24-point projection is a big projection, but he's going to go up. He's going to throw up 30-plus points this week, 30-plus points. That's a big call. That's what's going to happen. On the flip side of that, who's going to go under? After just that stroke off for the Packers there between Ben and um, Tommy, I hate, I hate to say it, especially, you know, Tom's going to be watching this game. He's going to be watching it closely. But I do think that, you know, I have in my mind that last year the Packers run defense was just like, a, just like, yes, just like they open up the garage door and everyone yes. run through and Cook's had some, had some times. I don't think that's going to happen this week. Don't think that's going to happen this year. You correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Dalvin Cook goes south of that 18.3 and – those are my thoughts right there on that, Ben. Any thoughts on does Can Cook get going against your Packers? I guess. Am I wrong? I don't. You know, Tell me I don't I'm wrong. Think so, um, <sighs> you know, I think you know, low key, the best defensive free agent signing this offseason was Devondre Campbell for the Packers, that middle linebacker they just slotted in there. I can't even remember where he played last year, but the guy is solid. I think the number one PFF linebacker this year. Um, guy's just, you know, been a godsend for a position that the Packers have really needed someone in the past several years. Um, and that defense, you know, top top three overall. I'm not sure where they, where they are against the run, but I think they're doing quite a bit better than prior years. Damn. All right. I, 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 well, I don't love hearing that, I guess, but I do love the breakdown. That was solid, thorough analysis. Tucker doesn't like hearing that Dalvin Cook's not going to have success either. I'm going to go ahead and pick this one. Um Go with the heart, go with the head. That's what I tell you. Right now, I'm not a huge fan of having Elijah Moore slotted in at my number two, but realistically, push comes to shove. I'm thinking that might just be what has to be in there. And because of that, I don't like it, but because of that, uh, I just think the boys of fall, they may drop another one this week in the Tomcats because of that Rodgers and Adam stack that Ben was just tooting because of CD lamb going up against Kansas city because of George Kittle right now being healthy, I think, and fuck, I even would even argue James Conner. He's been fucking rolling lately. I'm feeling a little uneasy about this matchup. I'm going to need an awesome Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to need an awesome Travis Kelsey. I'm going to need people to blow up and go out. Even Kyle Murray on his ankle. That makes me a little worried. I don't even know if the guy's ultimately going to go. Ultimately Tomcats. Pains me and kills me to say this and pour one out right in my mouth, but I think they take the W. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with you. Um, you know, you, you hit on it. You know, Tom's got a lot of Packers going. Great matchup this week. Great matchup every week. There's Green Bay Packers. CD <laughs> um, Lamb uh, against the Chiefs. You know, I, I think that's a game that the Chiefs get out in front maybe. And, you know, one way or the other, CD's going to get his. Um, you know, James Conner. Believe he's the league leader in touchdowns, um, rushing touchdowns. I wouldn't doubt it. He had um, one game where I think he had three. So eh? uh, you know, I think he probably finds Pater a time or two. Um, you know, Kittle's back. Great matchup for him. Um, you know, Michael Pittman not a great matchup, but love the players getting tons of volume in that Colts offense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I'd have to agree. I think I think Tom comes out on top. Unfortunately for you, <sighs> don't like hearing that. Don't like hearing that at all. Um, what are the odds? Well, you're on your Packer ran over there. What are the odds we see another 
Buccaneers Packers showdown in the playoffs this year? Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to say slim. Um, you know, I think the Bucks come in in like that six, seven seed range, probably lose first round. The Packers get that bye week. So don't think the Bucks even get a shot. Yeah, oh my God. This just, just speaking complete nonsense. We'll move on. We'll move on to what is dubbed and deemed the nut hair close matchup of the week. And my God, it's an ugly <laughs> matchup, too. This is on like a dirty old wrinkled man nut sack is yeah, where these hats I think are if living. they uh, had to put this one on TV, they'd probably put it on like Spike TV. <laughs> yeah, this is, you know what? You're right. PHFFL Network, Fox would look at it. CBS would look at it. They'd probably ask like, hey, Amazon Prime, you want to do one of those weird, like you're the only one that gets to cover this. They'd be like, fuck that. Next thing you know, it's on Spike TV. No, no good. But this is our nut air matchup. Of the week, three and seven, first four and six. Um, Mac and TDs, though, you know, we are saying he needs to do some shit. He's got a he's got a future Hall of Famer on the squad and Adrian Peterson. So that's something to at least build a narrative around. So that'd be exciting for the watchers, I'd imagine, huh? Yeah, you know, I mean, looking at his squad, like outside of Austin Hooper and Adrian Peterson, I actually like what he's got going. This yeah, week. no, I don't um, know. you know, his receivers are pretty dang solid. You yeah, know, those are all are. three good. guys that are, you know, the wide receiver one on their team. Yeah. Um, getting a ton of volume right now. Um, you know, flipping over to, to Nick's team over there, you know, he's, his halfbacks position which <laughs> makes me cringe a little bit. Uh, you know, McKissick, you know, he'll get his in a PPR he, league. He might get your typically. boy, like you said, Clyde the Glide. He might get him That's, back that, that is true. Um, you know, Deontay Foreman, I don't think the Titans really want to commit to one guy. No. Um, you know, it's funny that you guys are both starting a Titans running back currently. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Neither one of them named Derrick Henry. No. Um, didn't think I'd see that day this year, no. but here we are. Um, you know, outside of that, Adam Troutman, you know, the tight ends in this matchup are just brutal. Tight ends all around are brutal, but these yeah. are especially brutal. This is going to be the tight end pair where we look back next week, though, because we're saying this. They're each going to catch, like, two oh, yeah. touchdowns. They're going to have, like, three catches for two <laughs> touchdowns and eight yards each, and it's yeah. going to look good on paper. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys each have an empty slot right now. I think those are yeah. a wash at the end of the day. Really, Kicker so. and defense. Um, you know, I think I'll, I'll start with, uh, maybe me Vitzthum's team here. Okay. You know, I think coming off the bye week, you know, the Bengals are chomping at the bit. That division is very tight. Probably one of the better divisions in football that AFC North. Um, you know, they need a win. The Raiders are reeling right now. I don't know what's going on out there in Vegas. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Jamar Chase projected 18-2. I think that's about right. Maybe even a hair low. I think he gets his his usual touchdown and maybe, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to ten receptions and 100 yards. So I think that puts him well over that 18 or close to it. So, um, you know, he's one guy I think you're, you're in a good spot with this week. Um, I think, you know, we've already touched on it with Adrian Peterson and Austin Hooper. Um, I'll probably just start with Austin Hooper, maybe, you know, (laughs) 6.6 projection. I think, you know, that's pretty high. That's (laughs) as bad as that sounds. 
um, yeah. for a receiver in a PPR league. Let's see if he's um, even ever hit that. He averages 5.9, yeah, so he doesn't so, even average 6.6. I, yeah, I mean, that, Coming that, off a heater by his standards, 12 and a half last week. Yeah, that, that Browns offense, you know, OBJ's gone. You know, they, they have some targets open. I just don't think Cooper's the guy that's going to get him. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got a pretty cake matchup, so I think they probably just want to run the ball this week and, and take that W. Yeah, that is uh, that is all fair analysis. The only thing I want to pause and ask, uh, we'll be going back, reflecting back to this spring, or I guess the summer, I guess spring slash summer, whatever we want to call it. Um, you have the number one pick. Let's say in a vacuum, not team dependent. Jamar Chase, Najee Harris. Najee Harris was the first overall pick. Jamar Chase, number two. Both have done stellar. Who in a vacuum would you would you select in hindsight right now at this point? That's tough. Yeah, it's um, really tough. I don't know if there's a wrong answer. But you know, it's, yeah, tough. It's, it's tough because, like, receivers have a longer shelf life in the NFL. Absolutely. But I do think Jamar Chase is, you know, there's a couple other mouths to feed there in Cincy with, you know, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think you'd have to go with Najee Harris just because he's a – He's one of those guys that you can slot in every single week without yeah. fail. He's going to get you that, you know, 15-plus. Um, you don't even have to think about it. Um, you know, you're going you're gonna to start Jamar Chase every week. But, you know, I think he's eventually, you know, I think he currently still is a top three receiver yeah, right now. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure I think eventually teams are going to figure him out uh, a little bit. Five foot. Um, maybe Coming two. off a bye, he'll be, yeah. he'll be right back in it. You know, he's, he's slowed down here a couple last couple of weeks. So I think, you know, maybe he comes back down to earth and maybe they get T. Higgins and some of those other guys a little bit more involved. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's the correct way to look at the spectrum. Chase's shelf life is going to be longer. I do say it's tough to put price tag, though, on having a premier halfback while they're in the prime. There's not very many of them out there. Um, so I'll go ahead. I'll turn this over to Dirty Van Super Punters, and I'll give us the – Who's going to go above? Who's going to go below? I'm going to tell you who's going to go above. Oh, Hunter Renfro going against Cincinnati. Um, Derek Carr, he's going to be throwing it to try to keep up with what is surprisingly a high. I guess I shouldn't say surprising. It's kind of knocking him. But what is, I guess, a high-powered Cincinnati Bengals offense? Oh, Derek Carr, he's just going to be feeding Hunter Renfro. It's just going to be a PPR nightmare he's going to go above that 14.1 and who i'm going to go under actually surprising i know you gave the tip of the cap to zach moss you gave the tip of the cap to emmanuel sanders and as, and as i don't disagree with any of those but a 31.9 point projection out josh allen i mean that's a big yeah. ass number the guy averages 31.1 so i guess it's probably pretty spot on um no real analysis on why it's just not going to happen this week. Just That's, not going to happen. The Colts D is a tough matchup. You know, I think um, Josh Allen's come back to earth a little bit this year relative to some of the numbers he was putting up last year. Um, you know, I, I do agree. I think that 31 is a little high. All right. Nut hairs matchup. We put some anti-aging cream on those nut sacks to try to get some of the red, some of those wrinkles because we gave them, we'll give them an eight-point line for each of that. So, actually, we're looking at like a – 118 versus a 117 point matchup instead, but that ain't that much better. Who are you going to go ahead? Who are you, you going to take? And what was essentially a money line pick? I think I got to go with Mac and TDs this week. Um, you know, I think those receivers are, are what's going to get him kind of across that. 
that victory line. Um, you know, I think Justin Jefferson maybe doesn't quite hit that 17 for Nick um, against probably the best team in the league. Um, tight ends are a wash. I think we kind of already touched on that. And then I think Josh Jacobs kind of is the running back key that really gets hits across the finish line. You stole the words out of my mouth. The wide receiver plus is going there. And, yeah, just the fact that we actually have a – running back that could easily get his 14 points actually legitimately has a chance of crack a 20 point i think there's i'll try to take some ben's that man's thunder i think there's some stats out there which i don't know if this is a winning game script for the raiders with the way they've been playing but when the raiders win i think josh jacobs is like a top 10 fantasy halfback or something like that when they don't win which is a fair amount of time he hasn't been that great so i think it comes down to that give me mac and tds to win get to five and six and get himself more relevant into that playoff conversation. Ben, we only have one last thing to do. We are at, we've got to be at a record length race three podcast. Should be no surprises with all the stuff we had to bring everyone this week. Um, let's go ahead and let's get in some odd shark here. We'll look at NFL consensus. Um, is, is, uh, is um, Cowboys, Chiefs, is that what we should give the people? Game of the week, or do we want to do Sunday night? That's it. That is the uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Packers and Vikings are just they're just a pick them, it looks like. That's minus one. We'll go. We'll scroll here. Let's see. Yeah, you got Chiefs minus two and a half. Chiefs minus two and a half. Over-under's got a huge – an over-under of 56. Boy, that is a big one. Um Go ahead. You want to do that one or you want to do Sunday night football? Here your pick. Uh, let's do that one. Sunday night? All right. I like it. So, Sunday night football, we got the Steelers out in L.A. against the Chargers. We have the Chargers as a six-point favorite. Uh, getting 53% of at least the bets right now is the six-point favorite. The Chargers, the home team, going up again. And then we have a 47-point over-under, and people are smashing that 47-point under i would assume a lot of that has to be the mindset that people don't think that the steelers can score 87 percent going there ben i guess you want to give your first thoughts here again a six point favorite for la and then a 47 points over under you know i think a lot of this one hinges on big ben i'm not sure if he's going to be able to play or not i think he's not Uh, i think that's why this lines at six and not closer to maybe a you know, three or four point spread. Um, you know, I, I think if I were a betting man, which I am, uh, <laughs> do not know if I'll bet on this particular game. Yeah. Uh, well, you probably will. I probably will. There's a very good chance. It's something I'm sitting there Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, you got to throw something re- on there. Recoup my losses from the afternoon. Um, yeah. Been I'm there. Gonna, I'm actually going to go against the public on this one. I think the over 47, I think, is where I would put some money right now. Um, you know, I think I think the uh, Steelers figure out how to run on this Chargers defense to get some points. Uh, I think the Chargers, you know, with that high-powered passing attack and Austin Eckler out of the backfield, are able to put up, you know, maybe north of 25, maybe even pushing 30. Um, you know, yeah. I don't, don't know if that Steelers D is quite what, you know, maybe they'd hoped it was going into the season. For sure. Um, you know, they've got some good pieces, but maybe not the iron curtain of, of the old days. All right, for sure. All right, all right. I like all of that. Hmm. This this one I think's a a tough tough one to decide against, go against. 
Hmm. This is where you should write this section for him. These trends right here with all these stats. Ben, the stat man Nielsen should be writing this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to give, it's going to be the weird football. The weird football weeks are going to continue. LA's not as efficient a team, not as good as a team as people think. They're actually really, really struggle in the early downs. I think that continues to happen. Pittsburgh, they're going to cover the six points and they're going to flirt with the money line in an upset. So I'm going to say, I'm not going to call that, but I'm taking the money line here of the Steelers. The, all the terrible towels are going to be there in LA just whipping around. That's just going to be demoralizing for the actual Charger players themselves. And then that 47 point line, the over under. I um, mean, you know, I was with you originally. I think I wanted to go with that over as well. Got 87% of the public riding that under on the 47. They can't know what they're talking about. Vegas ain't going to take that big one now. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers. Give me the over. Lock it in. Load it. Put a little same game parlay on it. Look out. Oh, yeah. Over. Yeah, I think, you know, the Chargers, I think we've all seen the past few years, they are very bad at close games. Yes, they um, are. You know, the only team that might be worse is <laughs> yes, the Vikings. they are. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think maybe they do lose on maybe a last-second field goal or, you know, one of those late fourth quarter scores. So, yeah, I think it's definitely possible that the Steelers come out on top. All right. It'll be wild. We'll all tune in. We'll all watch, see what happens. Ben, you made it through a record-length Race 3 podcast. We are now north of an hour and 30 minutes. 90 minutes of content in total is what we've got produced. Um, any passing final thoughts that you got for the league before we sign off here? No, you know, I think we just want to say, you know, Love seeing everyone being so active on the trade, Amen. trade block, Amen. making trades out there. Um, thank you to our, all our listeners in, you know, Singapore, Mexico, you name it. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, adios to those folks. Yes. Um, Chad, I know you're still listening. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would love is. to say that I wish you luck this week, but given your matchup, um, I wish you a fair game. <laughs> that, that is all fair. Um, I don't think I have anything else to add other than thank you for being here thank you for sitting here now 90 plus minutes we made it through the gauntlet ben the stat man nielsen ben the cheesehead nielsen delivered great content as always cheers to you ben cheers to you guys cheers to the league
Bossman now.